online at kpft.org. Your support during this month will ensure a happy new year for you and the rest of our community. Again, just visit kpft.org to donate. Thanks. This is 90.1 KPFT Houston. You're listening to 90.1 FM KPFT Houston. It is now time for Technology Bites. Listeners should be aware that the following program contains language and audio images which may be found disturbing and may not be suitable for your snotty-nosed little brat who probably cusses like a sailor behind your back anyway. Parental discretion is advised.
Greetings. Welcome to the special holiday edition. Some might say Christmas edition, but some people might be offended that by that. Um, so we're not going to say Christmas edition. We're going to say the Ho 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 edition. The Ho oh My Freaking Gosh edition. Ho the door. Can I just say Ho Cube? <laughs> Well, yes, up. you can. Just make sure you put the parentheses around both of them, and don't just put it on the end, because then it's just, oh. oh. Well, here we are waging our <laughs> own war on Christmas. It's Technology Bites. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. And he's... Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Well... Have you all been good little geeks? <laughs> when... Groovehouse is in rare form. I should give him an A. Don't sit on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're glad you could tune in. Lee had to bail on us. What a bum. He's yeah. our Krampus. Uh, he's got he's getting a bag of, a bag of coal. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. We're glad you could join us tonight. It is our pre-Christmas show. We're all in Christmas spirits, or about to be, as soon as we get our cups refilled. And... Uh, Wish you were here, Pete. This is the show for you. <laughs> Holiday nog. I drove halfway to San Antonio the other day. You did? I accidentally? Did. No, on purpose. Forget where you were going? No. <laughs> they put a silver alert out? What? Yeah, they found me. <laughs> they pointed me back down I-10. They set your GPS said, for you. you Go this way. You live that way. Siri, take take the old man home. And Talk. by the way, the speed limit is 75. I do like that. Well, I hadn't been out on the, on the west side of Houston in mm. a long time. And we went, my wife and I, we went to Schulenburg to go look at the painted churches. And, which I didn't know anything about until a couple of days ago, or hmm. you know, a couple of days before we went. So we're on big. We're having a staycation. So I said, let's go to Schulenburg and eat kolaches and look at painted churches yeah. and kolaches. Go to Prague, Texas, Praha, Texas. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so we did. And man, that seventy-five mile an hour speed limit is sweet. Do people yeah. obey it, or are people going? Oh, no, that, that mean they at least obey it. I. That's the minimum. I, minimum. That's the minimum. minimum. You I should be driving. Yeah. I don't obey it. No, I, I will say that it's a ridiculous stretch of I-10 to be only two lanes, and people that don't yes. know how to drive Ooh. using a, a passing lane yeah. really screw it up for really. everyone. Especially, especially where it goes down from three lanes to two lanes. Slower traffic, keep right. What I like, though, right. is that the, the traffic enforcement in the form of DPS and the Sheriff's Department, which is out there, mm. don't bother hiding. Mm -hmm. So as long as you can see around that truck. Or have your ways on. Yeah, ways helps. Yeah, does it? Yeah, it does. Okay. It did. I tried that. I and I, I, I point out when I see a policeman on ways. So. Are you woke to ways? I am woke. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, this is our Christmas show, and we hope that uh, we hope that we are going to be able to spread a little cheer for you, some cheer spreading here on Technology Bites, and uh, visit us online at geekradio.com. We're also in our new chat room thing which is chat.geekradio.com that's the uh thing that supersedes irc in your technology mythos mythology cool, cool. <laughs> we we should just name it that really but uh yeah so you can visit us online at geekradio.com you can hang out with us the show within a show 
on chat.geekradio.com. You can use the website uh, contact form to send us questions or contact us if there's any information you need to impart to us. And uh, we'd be happy to listen to that. And we have a phone number if you want to call in and talk about your upcoming Christmas festivities. It's 713-526-5738. That's the number in case you haven't tuned in in a while. Tech related, of course. Or Hanukkah or or whatever. Kwanzaa or... Yeah, you know, we're... we're uh, Festivus? Festivus. We, you know, if you want to air some grievances. Tech related. Tech related grievances, that'll be fine. So, uh, yeah, it should be a good night. Hopefully it'll be a good evening hanging out and doing this stuff. I did want to mention, I did want to talk about Rogue One. Without, did, you, did you watch it? No spoilers. I don't want to know if they get the plans out or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yep. I haven't, so I've, I've, I've gotten a lot of, it, I've seen a lot of positive responses to it. It, it was it was better than the the other one, the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. You and I can't go to openings anymore. That's what it is. We separated the Jedi and the <laughs> well, movies I, get good. I was about to call you. It was like my, Cynthia and I are on a staycation this year, this Christmas, and and I said, you know, why don't we go and see this movie? And so we ponied up and you know got the tickets for the 3D IMAX, which was completely worth it. I, I thought it, I mean, I, there's mixed reviews on the 3D stuff, but they didn't overwhelm you with it. But it was very immersive and very good. Hmm. And I really, honestly expected to walk out of that movie and get into and my and be a night. Jedi. No, <laughs> I was expecting to. I remember coming. I was thinking what you were thinking. I was going to get back into. I was going to get into my 1972 Chevy mm-hmm. Chevelle and have a full head of hair. Yep. Really? So oh, really? It felt like the original wow. movie. It just it, it, it dovetailed so yep. nicely. It did yep. such Some, a good job. Somebody was saying. Somebody was saying that. And this is a person who I guess is like into film editing and stuff. They said they really liked it. They thought it was really good. The story was really good. They said the only thing was that they had a whole lot of fast cuts, and so it was like kind of like disconcerting or like discombobulated sometimes. It felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it didn't. It, it kind of had that slow build the way the first Star Wars movie had. You know, they didn't. You know, they basically set things up here's the history of this person they didn't do a lot of character building but it had that kind of slow burn at the beginning like ooh, this and, and you know you're waiting to see the easter eggs yes. and, and and lots of easter eggs and there and they, but you weren't hammered with them no. the way you were in the force awakens <laughs> or whatever or every time lucas released a new film yeah and he had to include everything and then add some new things so every character in the entire star wars universe knew each other at some point in the past but didn't remember but it. But there were so many nods to the first film and yes. and in in good ways. In very good ways I thought. And and I, I really enjoyed seeing the uh, seeing the film and uh But but there is one <laughs> warning, you know, check the spelling cuz I ended up sitting through a 2 hour multi-level marketing for makeup thing called Rouge One. Good one. I will, I will say that, you know, I don't go to movies very often. I, the last movie I went to was The Force Awakens. I went with Barrett, and I haven't been in the movie before, that I went to at the theater before. That was Avatar. So that, that's, how, wow. that's how often I go to the theater. You should get out. I go, I go a lot less than I used to. I used to go a fair bit. But. Well, I, I, the only reason, I, and I would have probably waited for this to come out on Torrent 
Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, but it's available. Download. Ter- I meant to rent. rent. Available oh, to, to rent. rent. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I would have probably Red waited, box. but, but I, since I'm on this vacation, I was like, you know, I've got this afternoon, and let's, you know, go. And I and lots of bandwidth. <laughs> well, I Band would, members I, to go with. I will say, I, re- I really like that you can go online, buy your tickets, pick your seat. On the, Picking on the, the seat is nice because that yeah. takes up all the apprehension oh, of yeah. having to get there early and I, blah, blah, blah. I, I, the one thing, my one pro, the pro tip, I guess, which I'm not a pro because I never go to the movies, but what would have been cool was I could have completely just showed up 20 minutes after the start of the show, gone to my seat and watched the movie, missing all the previews and all that nonsense. So why would you do that? Well, I would. Previews. <laughs> you go to the movies for well, I think. I think some of the chains, especially uh, ones, well, basically like Alamo Draft House, they won't let you in if you show up after the. Really? After it's the because start they have time. a soul. They also don't let people text or use their phones or. They talk will kick or... people out. Yeah, but you gotta phones. sit through people eating. <laughs> <laughs> Waiters well, walking back I, and forth. I have like, every. Who wants th- to do curry that? This was a AMC or one of the big ones, right. you know, and so you could walk in whenever because it's the same type of deal. Like you know, I was just in the bathroom. Just don't shoot at the screen, please. That's all we ask. But it was yeah, good. At the AMC, twenty minutes before the end, some guy can walk in and go, "Hey, can you catch me up? I'm running late." <laughs> <laughs> they do seem to start like what where the movies used to have, and this is back in the day, Star Wars style. Um, when the movies used to start at that hard time, and they'd play the previews and stuff before that. Now it's like the movie start time is when they start doing the, the all the stuff. Yeah. And if you go see a 3D movie, you get the extra 3D previews. So mm. you have <laughs> the regular previews and then the 3D previews. So it was probably 20, 30 minutes into the show, into the show time, <laughs> before we got to see the show. I will say though, I, I've had some movies, parts of movies. Ruined by people um, texting, phones ringing, and then answering and talking on it during the movie. Like, it's pretty annoying when people do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was—I will say that everybody was really good in, because it was early on in the show. I mean, these are the diehard fans that wanted to go see it. Was what Saturday? We went to see it on Sunday, and it was only two days. It only been out two days, so mm-hmm. I think. Every, and it wasn't the theater was not full. It was not. It was there were plenty of open seats and open seats. I remember I went to see I went to see Star Wars I'm sorry, a Star Trek uh You don't know what you saw. Yeah, was it four? Forget it. The search Next for Spock. The one with the oh, yeah. Maybe it's the, the one, one with the hobbits. It's the one where at the very beginning Captain Kirk's like climbing on a cliff and then, oh, yeah, and then Spock, Spock shows the up and he's like floating don't on Don't spoil it, don't spoil it. So whatever that one was, no, I think that's Star Trek Five, which is one of the like absolute worst ones. What that is the, okay. that's that's the last time you went to the last? Okay, maybe that was it. it that was the Save the Whales. My, my brother and I went to that, and we now granted we did see it on uh, like a week. I think it was a weekday on matinee, um, and it had been a little about since it had been out, but it was still playing in theaters. And there was me and my brother and. One like stereotypical Star Wars, I'm um, Star Trek person, and that was it. The, the entire theater, hmm. and it was a it was still a re- it was a really bad movie, even though we had a private showing, pretty much. Well, I will say, you know, it, not to spoil it, but you know, you will if you go see the Star Wars movie. There are a couple of times when the models look like models. Unfortunately, there's a, there's some gaps but in the special effects. Were they trying to make it? I look think they too they, modelly. Like they, were they actually wanted trying to get that. that look? I think yeah. they wanted that throwback 
look to the original movie with the like yeah. Maybe. I heard the fishing line was CGI'd in there. Maybe. Like with maybe. the giant frog. I thought it was a good Maybe I was just influenced by some of the... Because I re- read online that they had to go through and reshoot a number of scenes and stuff because they didn't quite get the mm-hmm. uh, the because, cinematic Because the actresses had aged. Well, I, I think <laughs> I just, you know... They they shot they spent too much of their money on some of the CGI stuff that is I won't spoiler it for you but I thought it did dovetail very nicely yes. and I will say yes. that the, the preview the one preview that I'm glad I saw was for a film that's coming out I guess next year uh, Dunkirk mm-hmm. which looks like it's going to be as in the battle of oh, yes yeah. it looks mm-hmm. like it's going to be very good I'm I a saw big, that preview on YouTube I'm a big war movie buff and this look it's got all the right it's British. Uh, Christopher Nolan uh, yeah it's got all the right yeah. British Batman in it stellar. it's got all the right Batman British actors beaches. in it and it looks yeah. like it's going to be really really good excellent you know all Star right. Trek 5 The Final Frontier <laughs> the whales yeah. was Star Trek 4 I believe was it yeah because right. he was still Spock was still kind of recovering from yeah, that's the when one they, before that when yeah he, that's when they went back in, in time and and uh and fought the Nazis and the guy and the guy like you know picked up the com- computer oh, was the, like, that's Hey computer. That was the that was that the was, whale episode. Was that, that was that was, that, that was, yeah. that that was, was the four. whale episode four. because yeah, that was, was the that was that's the, that's what I meant. the transparent aluminum episode as I recall because or, how do we know he didn't invent oh, wait, it anyway? Uh, no. 3 was the search for Spock, wasn't it? <laughs> Rathacon was two. Oh, oh, there was some yeah. global was network we could connect to and look this up. So you flicked it, forgot his computer. Yeah. All right, so... Star Trek 1 was V'ger. All right, Google says that a number of Trekkies are heading this way with clubs and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at the phones light the, up. The, Been out of We're crossing the streams so as it is because this was supposed to be a Star Wars conversation and now well, we've gone off into Star Trek. You know, all all I know is that when, when Han Solo flew the TARDIS to the whale planet no. to save Spock... To, the oh, and they met up with the, the Klingons... No, they went to Hogwarts. That's how you pronounce it, right? The Klingons. Klingon, they are clingy. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's. I just wanted to have a little Star Wars conversation. I was very happy to go see the movie. I was transported back to 1977. I felt like you know when I came out of the theater, I was like, I was the kind of jazzed that I was about seeing that first movie. It yeah. was really because you know it did play on the nostalgia thing, but not in a ham-fisted way. Do you have was, a hatchback? No. That's too bad. Why is that? Because if you had a hatchback, then you could have gotten Cynthia to drive, and you could have laid in the back and at, at night and had her drive around while you like looked at the reflections through the hatchback glass, and it would look like you're flying a Starfighter. No, but I do have a dis- – I did have a memory of when, when I went to – because I saw the original Star Wars seven or nine times. I can't remember. went back wow. and saw it like many times around. I took people I to go see it. I saw it, it three but the second time I went to go see it, I took my friend Brian Crawford, and we drove a 1970s black Volkswagen Beetle from Pasadena area, south side of Houston, all the way to the Galleria to go see this movie. And he was so jazzed when we were leaving the movie. We were driving down the street. He was flashing his high beams like they were, like they were blasters, and he was like dodging in and out of traffic. And it was it was scary, exhilarating, weird, and fun. And I kind of had that. I was like, I was really sad that I went to go see a matinee because I would I would have been better at night because I would have really gone to town on my high beams. And you're like, home from this. please don't be Bigs. Please don't be Bigs. Please don't be Bigs. <laughs> 
All right, so that's enough Star Wars for now. If you want to call in and talk about your uh, observation on Star Wars movie, we'll be happy to take those calls a little bit later on. But first, we're going to go all the way to San Antonio, where Christmas is happening sooner. No, later. <laughs> later. For, for look Pete. For, look for Pete on NORAD's uh, Pete Tracker. Oh, that's fake news. Oh, sorry. The, the NORAD Santa Tracker. You posted fake news? Fake news. I did. I said fake news on it. I miss. I don't pay attention to the things they fake news. I just assume that's you trying to mislead the mainstream. Yeah, okay, no, yeah. Santa Tracker Better fake news. Do you mean well, the lamestream? Well. Lamestream. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not up my. <laughs> my Although the leaked images from the sequel to Rogue One look pretty good. All right. So anyway, let's go to San Antonio to do the technology bites info shot. Take it away, info shot. It's the Technology Bytes Info Shot. Technology news and commentary by Peter Hughes. Injected directly into your skull. So, uh, I'll, I'll start with the kind of worst news. I, you know, I hate to talk about it during the, uh, um, to talk about it during, in the lead up to this happy holiday, but, uh, it, it bears mentioning, and I'm sure we'll be mentioning it again. The FCC's net neutrality rules, which we talked about a lot back, oh, I don't know, 18 months ago, two years ago. Uh, the FCC's net neutrality rules are returning to the crosshairs of Republicans. Two of the remaining FCC commissioners, both members of the GOP, have promised Internet service provider lobby, lobbying groups that they will begin gutting net neutrality rules as soon as possible. That's a quote, the as soon as possible. Uh, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai and Michael O'Reilly sent a joint letter to the telecom industry's five largest lobbying groups this week promising to reverse legislation meant to protect consumers from Internet speed throttling. Uh, their letter said, uh, as you know, we dissented from the commission's February 2015 net neutrality decision, including the order's imposition of unnecessary and unjustified burdens on providers. We will seek to revisit those particular requirements and the Title II net neutrality proceeding more broadly as soon as possible. Uh, the letter essentially serves as a warning to net neutrality supporters. FCC Chairman Tom Wheeler, a Democrat, is set to leave office when Donald Trump takes office on January 20th. Wheeler's departure will significantly expose the net neutrality rules passed last year with only Democratic votes. Uh, Pye and O'Reilly will have two, a two-to-one Republican majority after Wheeler's departure. Donald Trump will then nominate two new members to the FCC after taking the presidency, and his nomina nominations will be confirmed by the, by the Senate. That process typically takes several months to complete, which means Pye and O'Reilly will have months to oversee federal rulemaking. Uh, it may not be easy for the remaining Republican commissioners. It's, it's expected to be a long and drawn-out process that will face bureaucratic obstacles every step of the way, including a commenting period during which the media and U.S. citizens can voice their opinion to the FCC. I strongly recommend that if you have a strong opinion about this, that you start readying your comments now so that you're ready when it happens uh, during one of the last commenting periods the fcc's website was crippled by the number of responses forcing the commission to extend the deadline the deal is um <clears throat> let's see uh, in their letter to telecoms uh, pine o'reilly focused their attention on shielding small businesses from parts of the net neutrality rules that require isps to report network performance metrics like speed delays and dropped requests uh, their comments were a direct response to a letter sent to the FCC from the five major telecom lobbying groups who argued that reporting network performance requires expensive equipment and hurts business. Yeah, in other words, 
uh, here I'll translate. This isn't in the article, but I'll translate. That means they would rather you not know about what speed they're actually doing, what delays are actually there, and how many drop requests are happening because they figure if you don't know about it, then you'll be happier, where if you can look it up, then you can tell if one provider is better than the other. Uh, back to the article, the biggest change promised by the FCC commissioners is the repeal of the Title II net neutrality order that prohibits ISPs from blocking or throttling web traffic. The Title II order is by far the most controversial part of the net neutrality rules and ensures that ISPs can't charge people more money for visiting websites like Netflix or YouTube. If revoked, it would significantly change how people pay for and use the Internet. Yeah, the, to, to go into that a little farther... What that is, is these people are going to take the free flow. They want to change the rules to take the free flow of data from different providers like Netflix or YouTube, and they want to give your ISPs the ability to set up toll booths on the edge of it. So after they charge charge Netflix for their bandwidth and they charge you for your bandwidth, then they charge both of you again because once they charge Netflix, the charge gets passed on to you – charge you again because you actually watched it because it was popular um so anyways this is uh this is not uh um i don't this is not a good thing obviously we were very supportive of net neutrality when it came around before that was the way the internet worked all along up to this point so um we will certainly be watching this story very closely as we go along. Uh, and better news, last week we mentioned how Netgear had some serious uh, problems with exploitable security holes. Um, now that hole has been patched, but if you have one of these routers, you're going to need to download the and update, download the, the file and update your firmware. Uh, depending on which router you have, you'll need to download a different firmware. If you go to geekradio.com, we have all the articles that we're talking about tonight are posted. And you can follow the link. The one about, obviously, about Netgear routers has links to get your firmware updated. And that will help protect you from that vulnerability that we talked about last week that was that was pretty bad. Let's see. In, in other stuff, um, this one... Uh, there's a new way to sign into Facebook linked apps um, for Android users. Uh, apparently that it, what it is, is called instant verification. Facebook is giving developers the ability to streamline account logins by eliminating the need to type or remember anything other than a phone number. Uh, the exclusive Android feature is part of a new account kit update designed primarily for users in areas with spotty SMS service working in tandem with Facebook login to deliver a speedy verification process. Uh, What they say uh, from the press release, when a person enters his or her phone number into an app using account kit via Android services, we attempt a match with the verified phone number listed on the person's Facebook profile. This is only possible if the person is logged into the Facebook app on the same device. If there's a match, we can complete the verification without sending a one-time password via SMS, making the sign-in flow more seamless. So uh, that could so that that may uh, as this gets incorporated more, um, that could make your Facebook account more valuable to you. And um, or if you're anti Facebook, then this is another sign of them taking over your stuff and making it harder for you to stay away from them. Uh, but uh, one of the things with this is if you're especially if you're going to use it with all with more things 
linked to your Facebook account, you want to make sure that your Facebook has a strong password that you, uh, you know, change more than, I don't know, every other decade. More If you need to change your uh, Facebook password more often than uh, Jay goes to a movie theater. <laughs> uh, let's see, other stuff. Um, this one, uh, it's sort of, it, it's good that it's happening. It's happening because of a sad thing. Um, Apple and Google are going to add railroad crossing data to their maps. Um, unfortunately, this is because of a fatal accident in 2015. Um, somebody, uh, uh, let's see, uh, this, the accident was uh, when, which a, in which a Google Maps user turned a Ford truck hauling a trailer where he thought the app was telling him to go, but wound up stuck on the railroad tracks at a poorly marked crossing. After abandoning his vehicle, he and the engineer died after a commuter train barreled into the truck, uh, also injuring 32 other people. So uh, the National Transportation Safety Board, after investigating it, called on companies like Apple and Google to add the exact location of 200,000 grade crossings to their mapping data. And so they are, are working on it. Uh, um, Google has stated it would add audio and visual warnings to its mapping data, but it has yet to do so. Apple has also agreed to add railroad crossing data, though without a specific timeline. Um, an Apple spokesperson stated Apple's actively working to add the data right now. So... Um, there's just one of those to think about sometimes, uh, you know, pay attention to your surroundings and don't just follow the map. And uh, final story, this one, uh, you know, we, we keep hearing about automation and self-driving cars and stuff. But, uh, um, you know, what do you how do you figure out how many jobs are going to be affected by having self-driving cars? Uh, apparently, the we don't have a crystal ball, but there's a guy named Thomas Fry, F-R-E-Y, who maybe at least has some insight. Uh, he's the founding executive director of the Da Vinci Institute think tank and is its senior futurist. So his his job is to envision how today's technology will evolve and imagine the impacts on society. So his prediction is uh, um, that over the next couple of decades, driverless cars could eliminate jobs in up to 128 industries. Uh, he published the prediction back in April on his website, Futurist Speaker. In the blog post, Fry describes a reality in which an autonomous vehicles will be pervasive in all aspects of transportation, agriculture, construction, and public service. Um, you know, so the thing, so it's beyond just the, you know, trucks, you know, long-haul trucking or stuff like that. Um, he offers the example of an airport. A huge portion of an airport's revenue comes from parking. In the era of driverless cars, people will take a far different approach to travel. Instead of driving to the airport, most people would call a driverless taxi to their front door. Uh, he says, quote, suddenly there's no parking revenue coming in. There's no shuttle buses, no limos, no taxi services. The rental car world would start to disappear, and that's just a little piece of it. Uh, he also claims automation will lop off entire industries for a variety of other reasons. Um, all the, the drivers will lose their jobs, of course, including chauffeurs and construction vehicle operators. Um, and then as many people transition from just-in-case vehicle ownership to just-in-time rental, car insurance and financing jobs will go away because obviously people won't be buying as many cars. Uh, he also suspects maintenance jobs will disappear. People who wash your car, change your oil, rotate your tires, and change your brakes, and all those, you know, all those things that go along with it. Um, 
he thinks that those tasks will be performed by the manufacturers instead of local auto shops. Um, some things he thinks will go way down in size. Police forces, he says, will downsize because there will be fewer drivers to issue tickets to. Uh, the lawyers and judges who handle all those cases. This guy, clearly, he's thorough when he uh, uh, when he thinks about it because he's doing the follow-on that, uh, I don't know, a lot of us might not have thought about. Like in the airport case, parking lot attendants, uh, there will be less need for that. Um, and this is just driverless cars. Um, wait till you look at what artificial intelligence can do, but we'll talk about that one on a uh, – uh, we'll talk about that one some other time. And that's the news. Oh. If you want to call in and talk to us, you can call 713-526-5738, and we can see about getting you on the air. Get you on the air. Hmm. All right. So. Yukon Cornelius. We were just talking about the island of misfit toys, which is really what we are here. But uh, <laughs> Afflicted wants to be. You can't see it on the radio, but we're all stop motion animated for this, this Silver episode. Silver and gold. <laughs> This is weird. We talked about we talked about it last week too. But the Netgear security patch, the firmware that they said is new, and I've seen a lot of news outlets pick up saying, "Hey, network Netgear releases, you know, like an updated firmware." It's the same firmware. It's the same beta that they had out within 12 hours of all the stories coming out. So it's still beta. I guess maybe it didn't crash anything. So they're calling it better beta. But there are a lot of better warnings beta. that came out and said, "Like, hey, this will work for most users. Some users, it's probably going to crash stuff." Oh, nice. Yeah, so I, I even went and just checked the download site, and they still have the, the .199 up, so they don't have a new new firmware yet. Hmm. A week oh, another follow-up to last week. Um, uh, the, remember I mentioned that Best Buy would have um, the the Nintendo, the, the mini NES thing today, or not today, I guess yesterday was the date on it. Um, I think it was today. And apparently, or, so. or was it this morning? I think it was this uh, morning. Apparently the people who went and tried to get them... <laughs> Waited in line, and most of them came away and, unhappy. And each store had like 20 of them or something. Wow. Yeah, one store with 20. Um, so they've sold a lot of them, apparently. They've sold hundreds of thousands of them. They were sold out online but, when I checked this afternoon. You know, it, it, but it's one of those things where you kind of go, this isn't like... I, I don't... I, I still don't get where Nintendo... You know, I was... I was at us you know i was doing some christmas shopping yesterday and at least you know in an unofficial survey looking at it it's like all the nintendo stuff is sold out i mean all the games uh that you know they were down to two or three like ds games or even wii u games and the game part that's that's money they've left on the table you know nobody i think there's a lot of people who are going to um who you know there's they're buying it now, and if they can't, they're going to go do something else, and they're but, not going to come back later. But do you know what the hot toy is? No, yeah, not tell this us. Year. Hatchimals. 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 Yeah, evidently that's the unexpected hot toy. It's like Tamagotchi? it's like Cabbage Patch or uh, or, or uh, Furbies. You know, the the Christmas year they were out of control and like super hard to find. You get a People toy animal and a hatchet. Is that? What <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of imagining it was like some violent plush toy but um evidently it's a plush toy inside of an egg a big like you know probably like uh like five or six maybe 10 or 12 inch egg and you can't really you don't know what you get until you break the egg open you don't know what you got till it's hatched <laughs> and evidently that's the that's from what i saw today 
or last night or something. That's that's the hot toy that's like they didn't know it was going to be hot, and so there really is like a big shortage on them, and uh, so people are fighting to get them. They're likening this to like Cabbage Patch Kids in 1983, and then the Tickle Me Elmo rushes in 1996, or the Furbies in whatever yeah. year the Furbies went crazy. Well, now I want one. <laughs> now that I know that's that. something to do on to your vacation. What? <laughs> something to do on your vacation. Go hunting hatchables. Go, yeah. Hatchable hunting. Shh. And then, then sell them for twice as much. <laughs> Yay. eBay, here I come. <laughs> An eBay millionaire. Of course, you've only got a couple of days and you can't. So then you have to deliver them too so that people can actually get. Uh, I, I heard that um, there's a. Um, I've heard that package delivery is having some problems um, recently. Package like, delivery? Like, yeah, like uh, FedEx and UPS and the Postal Service. Like, there's some people that, you know, have, you know, overnight shipping or two-day shipping, and they're saying, yeah, I know, you, I, know you, I know you paid for this, and this is how we delivered it, but we're not sure if it's going to get there on time because the package system is evidently overloaded. Oh, wow. I think, it, I think it more people, I'm guessing... More people this year bought online than yeah. ever, and and the, just the infrastructure wasn't mm-hmm. ready for it or something. That's my guess. I, I mean, don't that, know. It's it's really hard to predict, and all that you know, having like ten years or ten plus years in that industry, and having to you know every single Christmas season, we call it peak season from November yes. to Christmas. That's all you do. You do your normal job at these companies, then you go deliver packages or go do something else in the operations for like you know twelve, fourteen, eighteen hours a day. You're working. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of capacity planning, and you've got finite amount of trucks, finite amount of centers. And just like I know in our neighborhood, I saw they, they, they were putting people on golf carts and giving them <laughs> wagons, literally, and letting them drive around the neighborhoods, and they're hiring whoever they can get. Wow. But, yeah, the, the capacity, we've got – there's finite capacity in these things, X amount well, of planes, X amount of cars. I know. I trucks, shopped. And, yeah, it just gets ugly. I shopped almost exclusively <clears throat> online this year, which in the past I've done it some. But the other thing I think that's really, like, messing it up is, is Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Because with Prime, you get two-day shipping no matter what, and there's no minimum. So you can just buy one item, and you can just do that. Like every few hours, just buy one item whenever you find what you want. And, and not just, consolidate your boxes. And not yeah. consolidate anything at all. And so, like, Until it, you get that big box with an SD <laughs> chip card in it. You know? Yeah, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah, just all the air. I mean, just the, the amount, and not to be all, you know, package, package, package. But the, it, it surprises me because there's always a, a dim weight, so a dimensional weight. So you mul- take the weight, you multiply it by, you know, how much space it takes up. Because, you know, package space is at a premium and everything, and they don't care. Amazon no. seems to not Sometimes, care. yeah, Amazon, I've had that happen where I get this, like, huge box, and it's, like, one item that takes up a 20th or less of the space. Well, what what's distressing, you know, it's always been an issue with the porch pirates, right? The people that will come up to your house it's and a big steal, deal this year too, steal yeah. your packages. And I've always thought, you know, I'm pretty clever because I'll have the high-value items sent to my office. You know, so that they don't, you know, they're signed for by the receptionist and I don't have to worry about that. But this year, they're starting to hijack entire trucks. That's it's the like, mob. That's the mother load of, <laughs> you know, let's just steal the FedEx truck. So the guy jumps out of the truck, goes to put your package on the porch, and then somebody else jumps in the truck and drives away. So, I was always curious. I know at least with the uh, FedEx competitor, I'm sure FedEx does this too, those all the trucks are linked up satellite GPS. You know, they yeah. we know they know where all the trucks are now. So you could do that, but you know, within you know, the, I guess unless you, let's not even say eliminate the driver. Unless you know, if someone knows you took that truck, they're going to know exactly where you are within like thirty seconds. Really? Well, they just have yeah. to take the SIM card out at and reboot it. Side. 
Yeah, just reboot it. Take, pull the battery <laughs> of the truck out so it can't broadcast <laughs> its location. Or if you put the entire package car in like a, a Faraday cage, like a large bag, cell phone blocking bag, that will also block its location. Otherwise, yeah, that, that's stupid. I, I get the allure of it, but you're not going to get far. Well, the only thing I can think of is that they're thinking they've got somebody waiting with an unmarked van or something, and they're just going to drive it four or five minutes away, take all the packages, and then leave the van behind. Yeah, it would have to be like, you know, 1970s. To keep going back to the 70s, it would have to be 70s movie caper where they drive <laughs> into a big building and they do the spray paint thing. And But even then, it's it's a lot like No Country for Old Men. You don't know where that chip is, you know. So I think they do multiple things in there too. I know it's gotten so bad in I think in New York City that they're starting they're doing stings. Like they're working with local law enforcement to have fake package cars drop off packages, have teams in wait, and then go get them. But the problem is, it's really hard to track these people down. It's hard to catch them. And people have that have the, even installed cameras, all they get is footage of people taking their packages. There was some guy I was much. I saw a, a, a news article online where some guy had set packages up with a with a explosive <laughs> device that would yeah. blow yeah. glitter and paint all yeah. over them. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Did they get anybody? Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. And he yeah. actually he said he's like I know that guy. Like he was watching the cameras, so the guy came up to get it. He's like I know that guy, and then the guy took it and he was like Oh man, it's not gonna go off. He's gonna he's gonna get off camera before it goes off. And they were like almost off the edge of the camera, driving away. And all of a sudden the car stopped and the guy jumped out and he's like wiping himself. <laughs> I know there are, like, there are a few products out there. It's probably too late now. I know that there are some you know, electronic locks that I'm not too sure about because I don't know how they're connected where you can like, you know, let a delivery man put something in your front door or do something like that. I let the delivery man come on in and take everything from outside and put it in the truck. And there's uh, also some of the device that you, know, you leave it outside. When it's set down on top of a pack, you know, pile of packages, if it moves or jostles in any way before you disarm it with your cell phone, it puts off an alarm. You know, it looks kind of like a frisbee with an alarm on it. But again, I think you could silence that pretty easily too. I would you just go to the next house. Throw it like and, a frisbee. Yeah, throw it like a frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hit someone else's door, and suddenly they're they're concerned, not theirs. So I think that's it's really tough. You know, so the, the main thing is with all the tracking applications, when you see that your packages have been delivered, go check for them. You know, bring them in. Don't let them sit out all day. You know, the technology is there with pretty much all the major carriers. You can see when your packages show up. All right. Well, I see that we have a call in the queue. So now that we're a call-in show again, we might want to take a call. So Groove House. We take calls. We do take Lots calls. Lots of calls. 713 segments, too. And we do have segments. We did one. We can do segments we're and just calls. Kind of and we do it all. We do whatever we need to do. That's to right. Maintain our self-sense of relevance. Our, our community. Our we're, sense we're, of community. We're uh, the white-collar workers on a blue-collar show. Not really. <laughs> what? Huh? Huh? All right. It, it, sound, yeah. it sounded good nope. in my mind, the, the, but it's not true. We've got pocket protectors. 713-526-5738 if you want to be on the air. Groove House. Yes. Who do we have? All right. Up first on the holiday show, we are going to speak with Paul. Paul, you're on the air with Technology Bites. All right. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How All right, are now, you? Simple question. What can you buy a slide rule? A slide rule? Yes. I bet you Amazon has them. All right. Well, I don't have computers. I don't have technology. I don't have cell phones. I don't have this. I don't have that. Fries. Fries. I bet, I bet Fries sells them. Excuse me? Fries. You think Fries sells them? Well, they're all over Amazon. Yeah. And uh, if you really want one, why do you want a slide rule? Well, because I'm trying to teach my nephews and nieces. Sometimes you have the computer, but sometimes you don't have that. 
And now you have to go back to the basics and the, oh, oh my battery's dead or uh, this and that. How many people do you know that use a smartphone or a computer, use them to calculate things that you would calculate using a slide rule? Okay, number one, I love math. Okay. All right. And I enjoy showing, hey, put your computer away, put the calculator away, and I can show you how to do this even sometimes even faster. Okay, so you want to use it as a as a math teaching tool, not necessarily as something to supplant the need for a laptop. No, 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 no. A laptop, it's a tool. It's got its place, etc. Right. Right. I know that, and like with my friends, you know, I say okay, but then you take away the laptop, and what do you have? You have an idiot. <laughs> Sometimes you give them the laptop, and you still have an idiot. Have you Have you ever been to a geek gathering? No, uh, that's too bad because um, I, I, I don't know how to use a slide rule. <laughs> I, I was never taught. There was when I was in high school. There was the, the, the like, geometry physics teacher had a one of those huge slide rules. You know, yeah. for the class, it was like five feet long oh, and yeah. hung above the chalkboard. Yeah, and he never used it. Yeah. so I, I never learned how to use a slide rule. Well, but see, and I know it's archaic, but it's a tool. Use it. Right. No, it's cool. It's cool. The people, one one somebody thing knows to how help to use it. convince. Then also kind of like showing off. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, because right. the chicks dig slide rules. <laughs> what the hell? And you did this that fast? You know, how'd you do that? Well, number one, you don't plug it in. There's no batteries, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Power's a 10, baby. Maintain. Well, you know, if you if you if you want to go really esoteric with teaching math or showing math uh, math magic to to young people or even yeah. old people, have you looked at Napier's bones? I don't have a computer. I don't have. I don't. I no, don't I have mean, this. I don't need the, it. No, I got, Nap- I got the compass. I got the bow compass. I know geometry. I know trig. I know this. Napier's bones are these numbered rods that they used uh, that can do these complex mathematical calculations just using these these uh well they were made out of whalebone or some kind of bone previously but yeah. you can find them online if you get online i don't uh, do i don't do online. What, what about the like the sumeritans they use like um the sumeritans the good samaritans the good samaritans with their cigars and cigarettes is it sumerians yes the ancient sumerians they used uh they 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 uh dug like pits and then they used stones, and they used that for counting. But they didn't use base ten; they no. used base mm. twelve. No, they used base sixty well, or something. Any, anybody can use base twelve. Anybody can use base five. Anybody can use base three. I've got ten fingers. I use base. But 10. that's why that's why um, our clocks have sixty seconds and sixty minutes. It's because of the Sumerians and their non-base ten system. Yeah. Well, it was based on. Twelve was a division of how the Earth went around the Sun, right? I, I don't remember. I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah. So, uh, look, no. fries. Unfortunately, the, the humorous part also is like you know, like, like y'all are teaching. I'm trying to teach a little bit, you know, to the young kids. What and, are you doing, and, hanging around children? Are these your children? <laughs> <laughs> There's a crazy guy who wants to teach me math. No, he doesn't I, have a I computer have, or anything, but he's got a dark living room full of calculators. Nine yards, you know. And, but I'm just kind of showing them, hey, there's something else. And then, you know, then he's trying to explain to a lot of people uh, Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. They go, duh, what's are, that? Are you a mathematician? No. <laughs> All right, well, well, hopefully at some point they'll learn the Pythagorean theorem. 
<laughs> Fibonacci! <laughs> All right. They, they may not learn the Fibonacci sequence. I appreciate it. <laughs> it. Looks like you have to get online. Fry's doesn't have them. Oh, really? No place in Yeah, I looked. I figured they would. Micro there, Center? Oh, yeah. There was times you know, here in Houston, um, that's a long time ago, I would assume you know, Houston Blueprint Supply. But this is, you know. Maybe. But, yeah, was, I, is there, is there any, there. like, like, like scientific supply stores in Not Houston? a ton. I, I look, they're more like glassware like and beakers. Your best mm. bet right now is going to be to check aviation stores, aviation. Like, if there's a pilot store any place like that in yeah. Houston, because they're going to have, like, a lot of the slide rules to deal with. It looks like they might just have some anyway, but they'll have all of the, like, the airspeed and the fuel weights and all those kind of things. So it looks like they are a slide rule-rich environment. Well, I'm rusty as hell. I need to teach myself or <laughs> teach anybody else. Find, right? hope, find a family member. Find someone with an Internet connection, because there are... The, there's a David Crate, I believe okay. is his name, davidcrate.com. This guy is crazy about slide rules and has links to go buy all the new ones, links right, to go now, find the old now, ones. Now, okay, now, hang on. Uh, David? <laughs> David, like www.davidcrate, crate.com. David Crate's quality slide rules. C-R-A-I-T? C-R-A-T-E. Like, like, uh, like a... Crate. Charlie, Romeo, okay. Alpha, Tango, Echo. Okay, got it. I appreciate it. All right. Well, hey, enjoy the math. All right. Thanks for your call. <laughs> Thank you. Two plus two is four. All right. Yeah, I, I can't tell if callers can hear me, but uh, um, one thing you could do that might help uh, make kids more interested in using the slide rule is take them to go see Hidden Figures, the NASA movie, because I am sure that the slide rule will figure prominently that at least like be a good in. Movie too. In shots. Oh, I was wrong. So it looks like there's one in Clear Lake, two blocks down from the Abacus store. My bad. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, you mean the math district? That's over. I in the bet map. there's some stuff. If, maybe in Clear a Lake, lot. but it's going to be an obscure. I looked, it, I looked it up on Google, and under the shopping stuff, a lot of it is under like antique stores and stuff like that. Where that might be another that. thing. Like they have that the new Heights math mall. Some... The new math mall opening. Is it up. really called the new math mall? <laughs> of course. Is not. it the new math mall? Because they won't have it. If it's the old math mall, they'll have it. <laughs> I would expect resale shops might be a place to look. You know, a place that has old records and books, you might find one. But that's not something they're going to probably put online, and it's just going to be something he's going to look into. Maybe a, maybe or, a pawn shop around NASA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pawn, pawn shop, shop or garage sale. <laughs> estate sale. Slide rules, pocket protectors. Uh, oh, man. Old, a compass. Old, old 60s old NASA compasses? hardware. <laughs> We got this whole Gemini program. <laughs> Four thousand slide rules. <laughs> the... There was I, there used to be a place on Shepherd that had nautical supplies. Oh yeah, Land Sea and Star. Land Sea and, Star, and Sky. Land Sea and, and Sky. So you could get like uh, you could get compasses and sextants and compasses and things. Telescopes like that. too. They yeah. high quality binoculars. I think they're still around. Possibly, maybe just only online. Yeah, I used, to, I used to have this really great architecture kit with a compass and all that stuff in a wooden box it was really kind of cool no I'm see i think the, the the advent of you know cad and that kind of stuff has has led to that the the number of stores because there used it used to be in any kind of major city there were five or ten places you could go and get the kind of drafting tools and that would include the stuff like slide rules and and the architecture kits and the where you could get the drafting tables and all that and those seem to be they've they've gone the way of the like art supply store i mean there's the super stores like hobby lobby and michaels but there's not the and the i guess texas art supply is one of those rare ones 
that's surviving. Cause I know here in San Antonio, I, I knew about several places and I was looking for looking to see if I could find one uh, a couple weeks ago and there, and none of them were, none of them were open anymore. Looks like land, sea, and sky still open, and you can still walk in and buy a ten thousand dollar telescope if you'd like, or twelve. They've got. <laughs> I shouldn't have looked at it. At least have a camera this, mount on you know, it. Uh, no, I think that's extra. And this isn't even special order. This is just like walk in and I believe walk on out. Do they have a website? Yeah, they do. It's uh, landseaskyco.com. But they've been around. They've been open since I think like the forties, maybe, or maybe they've been around for forty years. They've they've been in existence for quite some time. So is the is the um man it's been a long time is the thing that you draw circles with compass is it a compass, compass. but then compass. The, but then so is the or is that a protractor protractor half circle half compass is the what half circle the compass is the protractor is the what you stab people with yeah compasses okay. that's the that's the yeah. second grade warfare tool okay that's what i was <laughs> i was thinking that but then i was thinking that a protractor was a compass but then i thought then i remembered the name protractor and and it's been too long. You know, mm-hmm. I, I took a drafting course in college, like, in, in the first half of the class, we had to do everything by hand on a drafting table. So I actually, like, you know, had to do <clears throat> to scale drawings of, of objects like three-dimensional, you know, expanded views and all that stuff by hand. And then the last half of the class, we actually used AutoCAD. I but remember that, that, that was affected never, my handwriting. There was never an affordable computer that could actually run AutoCAD efficiently. No. <laughs> ever. And now that I can run it, you don't want to. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm surprised. Like a lot of the Raspberry Pi um, distributions are coming with like Wolfram loaded up on there and Mathematica, and so I guess free Mathematica. But a lot of the things that back in the day you just couldn't run, and now you don't. Doesn't look like you need all that much horsepower. I remember to run it. Uh, I, we used Mathematica on a uh, on Next Stations mm-hmm. in college. Let's uh, take a call before the top of the hour. Sure, yeah. let's do that. Groove out. All right, take a call. It's going to be Wayne. Wayne, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. Good evening, guys. I've got a new laptop that does not have a CD-ROM drive. It has a Thunderbolt uh, 3.1 and a 3.0 USB. Yeah. Looking for an external uh, CD rom drive to plug into the little thing any recommendations doesn't matter i don't have any real recommendations they're pretty common and pretty inexpensive overall if you look for a usb is it a a windows or an apple windows okay yeah windows 10 that's easy to find windows shouldn't be a problem if you have an apple you can buy the apple one but if you don't buy it then make sure it is compatible with apple but the other with a windows machine Probably any of them. They all work. work. The only choice you have at this point is whether or not you want it to like etch cool stuff on the CD. <laughs> wow. Like, I right. I remember DVD. those wow. the ones that were still actually, around. Yeah. Are they? Like They're draw cheap pictures. Now, DVD burners that yeah. would yeah. actually draw etch pictures. The... Yeah, draw pictures. They burn on top of it. More or less, you, you burn whatever you want to on the DVD, and then you flip it over, and it'll etch on the top. I think some of them you have to have. I don't even think you've got to have special. DVD You're looking stuff at anymore, twenty though. to thirty bucks. It's uh, cheap. They're cheap. Uh, Dell They're makes one. Huh? They're that cheap. They're that cheap. Yeah. So if you need a if you need a DVD ROM burnable thing for your laptop, you could pick one up on Amazon for anywhere from twenty to thirty bucks. You can go over to Fry's; I'm sure they have them. This has gone down to the price of what, like the old three and a half. Inch I was going to say, do they have external? Do they have external five and a quarter readers? Yeah. They, oh. Because I they do. They actually, I, I have a. I, well, I know they have. I a have three an and ex- half inch. I have an external three and a half. I have an external three and a half USB. But then I was I was wondering if they had five and a quarters. Because I, I have a three and a half. Um, but I 
The only five and a quarter I have is an internal one. Now I don't know if they have the US uh, they a uh, yes five and a quarter floppy USB drives. Uh, How much are they? I think new, Wayne just wanted an external CD. They do have one at Fry's. I just saw eleven the, the eleven five bucks. And a quarter floppy We're going bag. down a rabbit hole. Wow. Yeah, yeah. New egg has. Get them your for... question answered, Wayne. Yep. Oh yeah, my my question's been answered. Uh, all right, and and what what do you have on the disc that you need to read? No, I have uh, eight hundred CDs that I want to load into this thing because I have two terabytes of. Oh, uh, memory. you want to burn your CDs to digital music files? Yeah, yeah. and I, and basically uh, later on load my uh, vinyl to it too. There you go. Transcribe it. They make a USB turntable that you can do that. Yeah. With. Or you can buy uh, uh, converters. If you have a really nice turntable, you can buy um, digital-to-audio converters that aren't part, yeah, of, part of the... I'm going to go... Uh, I've got a couple of real nice turntables, so... Yeah, uh, yeah I would buy... Straight out of there. You can spend some money and get pretty nice DA converters. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. 24 I'm going to look at that later, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, right now it's just throw my CDs in there so I have and, some music. And there's software, and I, I forget the name of it, but there is software that will uh, let Remove you... Remove the pops and hisses and... No, I was thinking more along the lines break of... Break it into tracks. It'll break it, uh, yeah. albums into tracks yeah. because, you know, that space between songs, the little silent part of the vinyl, it'll actually detect that and cut it off and turn it into individual music files. Yeah, but, I've heard Zytope, and, and that was the best to transfer and taking the ticks pops out. And I think Jay River is probably the best for organizing yeah with the metadata and stuff all right well good luck man thanks for your call thank you take care have a great holiday guys all right cheers thanks all right so they make eight inch usb (sighs) i need something i need to plug (laughs) we'll find out after the break (laughs) all right well that music tells us we're going to take a short break so thank god for that and we'll be back with more technology bites after these messages i'm jay lee I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. And he's Groove. Santa Claus! listening to KPFT Houston, which is supported in part by Houston Community College. HCC offers a wide variety of courses and degrees with affordable education for academic advancement, workforce training, career development, and lifelong learning to prepare individuals for a life and work in a global and technological society. With 45 years of experience, Houston Community College is a part of Houston's higher learning. For more information on enrollment and programs, visit hccs.edu. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did. CIEE is looking for local families to host international high school exchange students arriving in August. Host families open their hearts and their homes. They share their life and their country. Make a difference. Change a young person's life. Contact CIEE at 800-448-9944 or visit CIEE.org forward slash high school. KPFT Houston. I can't wait to get on the road.
You are listening to KPFT Houston, which is supported in part by... We're in the home stretch for this year, and KPFT is asking you to consider a year-end gift. Your support creates this essential outlet for the best independent music, arts, and news around. Your support creates the opportunity for all of us to stretch our minds and challenge our imaginations. This is the first official week of KPFT's Quiet Campaign. During this time, we'll ask for a year-end gift to support your station. No long pledge drives or pushy requests. We're just asking you to remember your donation donation allows us to explore the world and the people who live in it in ways we never could before. Please make a special year-end gift now or join our sustainers with simple ongoing monthly gifts on your credit card or from your bank account. Visit us online at kpft.org. Your support during this month will ensure a happy new year for you and the rest of your community. Again, just visit kpft.org to donate. This is 90.1 KPFT Houston. You're listening to 90.1 FM, KPFT Houston. We now return you to Technology Bites. Bam! High energy. (laughs) What about those USB uh, 8-inch floppies? What about them? Did you look? Do they exist? Did you look? I don't have my computer. Oh. Oh, this is why these questions, they probably don't. It's really hard even to get a five and a quarter. I am looking for like some What about a USB USB. mimeograph machine? Remember They're, those? Remember those old USB when when you were when maybe yeah. not you were in junior high, but when I was in junior high, you were in high school or college, and they, you know, you would you would create that negative or whatever and put it on the drum and I then get them you when would they were still wet it, sometimes. It, yeah, they'd yeah. still be wet right. and smell. So Cynthia works with a bunch of millennials, right? I mean, real millennials. So. They were they were rummaging around in the office, you know, because you know the office has been there for a while, and they were going through the cabinets and shelves. And she actually found some carbon paper, and she was like, "Oh, I, I remember carbon paper. I mean, of people of our age, we remember carbon paper, but the millennials were fascinated. It's magic. <laughs> That's where carbon copy comes from. Like wow. CC on an email. Wow. I get it now. I remember in uh, when I was wow. working when I was working at NASA. Um, our our timesheets uh, were on tripli- triplicate with carbonless paper, so it it didn't have the carbon sheets. That, well, the, when I first started working, they they had the carbon sheets in between them, but then they went to carbonless. So, you know, there were three sheets, and when you wrote on the top one, it would transfer to the second and third one, but it didn't have actual carbon. It was just kind of on the back of each page, and so I thought it was really funny because the first the top one I had to turn in. The second one I had to, I think, turn into my management, and the third one I got to keep as a, my own copy. And so whenever I'd fill out my timesheet, I would put a piece of paper on top of the top one after I was done, and I would draw pictures on it, on that piece of paper. And so it wouldn't, shirt, turn, it wouldn't show up on the paper that I actually turned in to get paid with, but the pictures, the drawings would show up on the ones that I gave to my management and that I kept for myself. And it was, hmm. it was you know, decapitated people and... Christmas stories and funny stuff. <laughs> All right, your your mother commented on a uh, Facebook update. Oh, and I wanted to get your take on this. <laughs> since, Did uh, she ask something about what I was doing for Christmas? No, I posted that picture of the of the uh, of the holiday supplies uh, with you doing like the. Did she say? Did she say? Tell Afflicted that he needs to tell us what he wants for Christmas. No, she said still have the eggnog and provolone cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does that mean? Well, so I was there, I was there this last weekend because my mom 
retired after 37 and a half years of working at the same place. She retired, and so we we all went up we all went up there uh, this weekend on Friday for her retirement party. And so while we were there, um, we we were like locusts and consumed their food, all their food in their house. So I felt guilty, so we went to um, the store and were buying some stuff to replenish supplies. And so I was like, man, I really like provolone cheese. And she, I don't know if she'd ever had it. She wasn't sure about it. So I bought like six slices of provolone cheese. So, and then I left it there. And I bought some egg. She bought some eggnog, and I never drank it while I was there. Wow. You un ingrate. <laughs> you are an thankless child. Thankless no, child. But I, but gimme, I, gimme, gimme, and then you don't but drink I it. But I bought her cheese and next segment meats and bread <laughs> and popcorn and. I just like that your mom stalks you on Facebook <laughs> through my updates. Because I could tag you in a post and she'll comment. That's Got more bad news, too. The picture, so what we were referring to earlier, Cynthia made awesome, awesome gifts for us. But you took a picture and flicked it's all pixelated. His came out pretty <laughs> in the center. I'm very, okay, first of all, your your apron is awesome because it has the mustache. I must it. ask you about your apron. <laughs> Ah. But, you know, because Cynthia comes up with this idea that she wants to do these handmade gifts for everyone. And so it's like, well, what are we going to make for Flicked? What are we going to make for Groove House? And I'm particularly (laughs) proud of the aprons that that we made or she made that based on fabric that I picked out for Groove House and for Flicked because she decided Cynthia decided that they were all going to be black and white. So they're cool. all black and white, yeah. monochromatic. Nice. So we photos up on Facebook. So we had to find. Yeah, if you go to my Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash cross post that to geek. I should, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I was particularly pleased because Flicked is, uh, he, you know, he's playing the eight bit Christmas music and all of that stuff, and he's an eight bit fan. He's got that great knit cap that he wears, that's not intentionally eight bit, but it looks eight bit <laughs> with the flames on it. And so we found eight bit. Oh no. Black and I don't. White. I don't. I don't have that one uh, right now. I've got my. Uh, oh, you got your my, Dynamo. Hat. Yeah, I've got my my worst uh, worst MLS, MLS team, uh, the Dynamo. But Flick is a. If you got a ball, I should put it up on the Geek Radio uh, Facebooks uh, as well. Facebook.com slash Geek Radio, and I'll put that up there. Uh, so Flicked is uh, an eight bit black and white pattern. So that's just with some exposed circuit board. You know. Yeah, with some. You know, something's got to generate that eight bit. Mm-hmm. And then Groove Houses, I'm particularly proud of because before he was a hot shot rock <laughs> photographer, he was uh, he took the best fisheye photos of, of, of skateboarders over at the skate park and stuff. So I found this fabric that is uh, that is skateboarding skeletons because I also know that you know he has a Dios de los Muertes. He's got some cool. sugar skull pockets on there though. Yeah, which are cool. yes, They're really cool. Yeah, so again, all in black and white. So uh, it, those are, they're, they're great gifts, and and they they came out awesome. And and Pete's got one coming to him. If he I may have to mail it to him. And Lee's got one coming to him, but I'm not going to say what those are. So Lee's is iffy. Lee it may or may not be, be here. It, yeah. it, he may or may not get his. <laughs> no, Pete, Pete'll get his, but Lee's is iffy. <laughs> so um, I don't think I have to bleep myself on this. No, because I don't great. think it's because I don't think it's actually it's actually. Not a bad word. If you have to ask, though. Yeah, really. So in, Spa- you- in Spanish, <laughs> um, 
So we, so when I was, what made me think of it is because I was at home with my parents, and we were went to a Mexican restaurant, and my my mom asked for unsweet tea, and the guy waiter was joking and said sweet tea, and she said no unsweet tea, and he's sweet tea, and she said no unsweet tea, and then when he brought it out, it was sweet tea, and she was like, oh, she he left, and she was like, how do you say in Spanish like unsweet tea, and so uh, one of the people at the table said like. No dulce, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, I was like, no, no, no. What you need to say? What happened? And it's kind of like saying pincher without the R on oh, the end. Oh, careful! Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad word. Ah, it's uh. Hmm. I looked it up because I, I wasn't sure. Because somebody's like, no, it's don't say that. Slang word. And it's it's yeah, it's a slang used in I guess in, in Mexico, um, but what it actually literally the word really means, which I don't think most people know, is it actually means. Um, a, a person who works in a kitchen who gets like the most menial jobs hmm. mm-hmm. right it's kind of like saying I guess like saying garçon like busboy kind of whatever mm-hmm. but in, in Spanish if you use that it, it's it's like a emphasizer word it kind of makes it kind of makes curse words stronger a multiplier but it's yeah but, it's, but I don't will. think in and of itself it's actually a bad word Anyway, so so I just learned I learned I learned that, and I thought I would pass that along because you know, the more you know. Knowing's half the battle. No, not to use that in <laughs> probably in a lot of circles. I would say. <laughs> also, I'm realizing Groove House's apron that's almost got like a Star Wars kind of thing. The there's a loop. Looks I guess like there's skateboarding, star. but it's that's no star. <laughs> that's no skateboarding skeleton. That's no star. All right, so I see that we have a call in the queue, so we should probably not make them hold for too long. So, Groove House? Yes. Who do we have up next? Up next on the second half of the show, we're going to start off with John. John, you're on the air with Technology Bites. John. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, maybe a year ago, uh, Microsoft was trying to promote the Windows 10, and they were sending you messages all the time about get a free download, and then some of us, Actually, it downloaded itself. Right. It, 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 the update kind of applied itself automatically. That's correct. And then in what maybe, I don't know, on your show or in one of the columns right away, you said how to get rid of it. Well, I got rid of it, and now I'm wondering, is it still lurking around somewhere? How Can I get it back, or is it gone for good? It might be gone for good. Uh, I don't know if it still uh, qualifies as a free update anymore. I think, no, I just yeah, I think, I think that still, ended. They say point. stuff never. You delete stuff, and it never is deleted. It's in there somewhere. I'm just wondering, is that the case? Hmm. I don't. Um, I don't did, when it when it did the install, did it actually download something that it kept? It might have. Because uh, like with with Apple products. When you download something new, instead of telling it to install, you have to tell it to stop. Then you can go grab the the file, and then tell it to install. And then you have a copy of the a copy of the update. You could actually you could actually go to uh, there's a if you Google search because I can't you know it's not easy to find. But if you Google search um, get Windows 10 now. Yeah, there is a link uh, that was good as of August first, 
I don't know if it's no. Still... There's still there's a how to geek link too. That's September 22nd. So if you do like all the ways you can still get Windows 10 for free, it'll list all the ways you can still get Windows 10 for free. Some of them you have to. And I don't want to like be whatever. Cause I'm sure these may be loopholes. But like, use install some assistive technology packages. It's still free to those communities. There's some different ways to to go grab it. Check the legality of them before you follow them, but it looks was, like it's still out there. Was Windows 10 Well, Microsoft, Microsoft has a page up, Windows 10 free upgrade for customers who use assistive technologies. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. Was Windows 10 Longhorn? Is that the one that was called Longhorn? Uh, I don't I recall. Mm, I don't remember. If only you brought your computer. If only I had a a small you, device, I, I think, small I, portable device that I could use like a computer. I think if you uh, if you do a Google, a Google search on how can I get Windows oh, really? or how to get Windows 10 upgrade for free, and yeah, you you'll probably find a link that'll let you get back to it. Are you okay? What, so you, now you want it? <laughs> yeah, I figured I might as well because it's going to be the wave of the future, and they're not you know Windows Seven is you know. Eventually, he's going to be on the outs. So, I think Windows 10 isn't that bad. I mean, there's some well, there's I some heard. stuff I kind it's, of don't like about it, but but there's a few key concepts if you learn them and you can navigate in it. It's it's actually pretty pretty functional. But the how to geek articles, uh, if you do if you do a Google search on um, how to get Windows 10 free, there's a link to the how to geek article that has a. Ways to still get it, and I trust how to geek. There, uh, yeah. Look, it looks like that stuff works. Yeah, it is reputable. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, the, other, very much. The, the other option you have is just to buy a new computer. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, maybe it's time to treat yourself. No, I know it is Christmas. You know, it is Christmas, and you know, technology is continuing to advance. But you know, you have a couple of options. It looks like. Right. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks. Good luck. Thanks for your call. Bye. All right. So now we continue well, on to the point where you could get your new computer on a thumb drive and. Yeah, I've we've, I've been running uh, the new Raspberry Pi, the three B at home, and actually just as kind of half joke, set that up in a replacement to the huge, you know, eighty pound water cooled gaming rig right next to it. And I haven't turned the gaming rig on in about four or five days. I've just been working really? like my all my browsing, all my stuff, everything I've just been doing over the Pi, and it looks nice. I mean, I think the secret of that is you just put it on a big screen, uh, HDMI, and you really can't tell the difference, you know, between the computers. It's it's snappy enough. It's you know. It's not bad for a you know thirty dollar computer. What about a USB connected zip drive? Two fifty. If you're gonna do that, go ahead and do the jazz drive. Get the full. It's the bigger. Can tape. the jazz drive do the hundreds also? I think it can. It could do hundred or two fifty. I think it can. I never had one, so I found I cleaned out some server room cabinets. I really, and found some I really five and wanted and one. Three and a, I really wanted a zip drive, but I never bought one. I got one because at the time it was I, I had X they amount of money. They were functional at the yeah. time. Yeah. I went to a big box store that well, Jay Lee Wellwell knows, and you know, <laughs> I bought because that, at the time two hundred and fifty was that gigs or megs? That was megs. Megs. Yeah. That was megs. more hard drive space than I had. That was a very so what large was the, upgrade for me. What was that store that was? Uh, that was on 610 south of 59. Incredible Universe? Yeah, Incredible Universe. Mm -hmm. The Incredible University it is now. Yeah, now it's a university, yeah. Yeah. I remember going there and looking at zip drives. And Colorado tape backup backup drives. Ooh, that's pretty high-flying. <laughs> that was high-flying. Tape backup was always something I never got for home use. That always seemed a little bit pricey. I remember 
I remember buying an it wasn't an i it was the iPad the, the iPod Photo. It's a large storage. It was a it was uh, it doubled it doubled as a it was a it was an iPod, so it'd play your music, but you could also upload photos to it. If you had a special dongle, you could connect your uh, camera USB to it. So you could, well, I remember my first overseas trip, I was looking for a place to store all my photos because the memory card wasn't going to hold that many. Not so much a worry anymore these days, but when uh, portable hard drives that were not necessarily intended to connect to a computer, external hard drives that you could connect directly to your camera. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just I'm just looking at the, I'm just looking at this picture, and it's funny because it looks like it looks like Barrett's about to like make a pizza pie. Yeah, right. <laughs> put on the apron, roll out the dough. Yeah, if you go to if you go to Facebook.com/slash/GeekRadio, you can see the boys in their aprons. Funny though, I don't have an apron that's black and white. Now I feel left out. All right, so what's the? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. We're gonna go back to San Antonio because I think Pete has more stuff for us. Well, the phone number is still seven one three five two six five seven three eight. All the lines are open, but we should have. And some. Uh, when are we planning to play the traditional? Oh crud! Song I almost forgot. Flicked The Christmas song. The Christmas song. Yeah. We should probably do that next. At some point. Well, I think we should do that. Like we're just a, we're just building tension. <laughs> without 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 without, without, without ex- actually anybody know everybody forgot about it but we're building um hidden tension <laughs> we we uh <laughs> subconsciously we're mentioning it this entire time <laughs> all right so the ladies and gentlemen if you know actually somebody on twitter did point out says like if if tradition holds won't there be an apocalypse on our ears tonight <laughs> okay so yes we uh we have a, our long <laughs> yes so everyone or, agrees cats already or cats off. in heat whatever <laughs> dogs living together <laughs> we have a uh, wow she cat hadn't <laughs> even heard the song cat <laughs> knows what's up we have a long-standing tradition of treating our listeners to this feast for the ears, as it were. Some might call it, call it an aural. An oral? Aural. Aural. Assault. Assault. Aural assault. An AAV, an aural assault vehicle. All right, so. Others say it's beautiful. <laughs> people that don't, don't know, or they're, they're tone deaf. This is okay. I really like jazz. <laughs> I think my experience of this song—it's kind of like what's it grease, greasing? It's disbelief. It's called greasy, like when you play a saxophone where you make it squeak a lot. Mm-hmm. It's called greasing. You got to know the rules greasy. to break the rules. Ugh. Apparently, well, this guy knows all the rules. I think this. I think my experience might sum up any first-time experiencers tonight, which is. This is just terrible. But no, but at first you're like, eh. I know. At first you go, this, this is just, is not good, but it's not bad. It's like, Let's why let everybody why decide? Do, why do you think that this is so awesome? I mean, I don't. Oh, wait a minute. I'm starting to get it now. <laughs> so when you first hear it, you may or may not like it, but you really need to have the whole experience to understand why. For how many ever years we've been doing this now, that we continue to do. But it. just go with it. Give, yeah. give into it. You can't unhear this, really. Just relax and let it happen, <laughs> as they say. Just lay back and enjoy it. Too soon. 
All right, so without <laughs> further ado do do, we're gonna play the Technology Bites Christmas special song. Take it away. Son. We're in the home stretch for this. Oh, man. That's wow. A, that's the third time I've played that thing. Oh, man. Is it, do you have it? Um, yes. You don't, and yeah, I had it queued you gotta, up. You got to load it up. Okay. No, it's ready. It's ready. I just Anti-climax. Gotta, Take it away, Christmas Got to hit song. the right button. And hopefully this will actually be the real song. Okay. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and Till he appeared And the soul felt It's worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder a new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, hear the angels' voices Oh, Oh, die, 
You're welcome. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. <laughs> it's the yes, most... there's all kinds of new things you hear every, every <laughs> listening with it. You know, <sighs> they say that tradition is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I only wish that I had a family I could share that with. <laughs> children to raise on. <laughs> Do you play? Have you played this for your whole family yet? I don't remember. Hmm. It's on Maybe. my Christmas playlist that we put on in the background <laughs> when the whole family's there. And so there's ours is as eclectic anyway. But that one, it's like you can see. I, I always, you know, you catch you catch it sort of in the middle, and then I try to watch people while it's just playing <laughs> in the background. <laughs> but uh, no, we have a very. Uh, there, I, there's a good. I got it last year, but I really have liked it. Uh, Bad Religion did a, a Christmas album, and it's the straight, you know, songs, but played. You know, they basically took the the general song and lyrics and played it their way. They played it and, their way. <laughs> you know, well, no, I mean, you know, it's like there's there's where you just do the song where you know everybody does uh, yeah. everybody does that song Happy Holidays. They basically do a, a Paul Williams knockoff every single person who sings it where this, they took the song and they, they performed it as if they wrote it, you know, mm -hmm. they don't change the words or anything. Also but perform it straight. And the other one that I really like is, uh, there's a group called brave combo, um, that did a Christmas album called it's Christmas man. That is just, they're, they're kind of a interesting, you know, South Texas polka band with, with you know, polka, and polka accordion and, and, uh, you know, Tejano type sound and, and, uh, um, it's an excellent, uh, it, it, you know, it, cause I've heard, you know, I don't know if you've listened to the stations that have gone all Christmas. And as far as I can tell, there are like four Christmas songs. Other, other, you know, yeah. Well, and then there's the, the same songs done by different artists. And it's not like each artist has added anything new to it. There's um, if if you want some like diversity of Christmas music, um, I'm a big fan of Soma FM, which um, also like the last few years has actually been showing up at DefCon, and they actually have a DefCon channel uh, music to code by, which is all year round. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Now, which is That's actually cool. it's it's a pretty cool channel. I mean, it's sometimes it gets a little monotonous, but but it's pretty nice. Um, it's a pretty nice mix, I think. Uh, but during the Christmas time period, maybe a month or two before, they used to just have one channel, which was like Xmas in Frisco, which was eclectic, not necessarily safe for the family songs about <laughs> Christmas. Um, but then they added, they added another one. I forget which one it was. And now they've got like four. There's a, there's like a, like a seventies soul and disco or not disco, but like Motown and soul channel of christmas music there's a i think a rock one and there's the christmas in frisco and then there's like a i think a, <clears throat> a, an electronic music one and there might be like a safe for family one well, i want to read i want to read the technology poem that cynthia wrote for us mm, back in 2009 yeah, and let's see if it holds up <laughs> 2009 and cynthia who's not a geek well she is a geek now but was not a geek when she wrote this but this is uh 
"'Twas the night before Christmas in Technology House. No computers were active, not even a mouse. Virtual stockings were hung by a flat-screen display in hopes that Santa Geek would be arriving next day. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, their iPods with earphones plugged into their heads. The poor little dears, their thumbs were all sore. Texting wish lists to Santa is really a chore." The mama and papa, their knuckles were popping from a couple straight weeks of non-stop online shopping. Mom and dad contemplated their mountain of debt as they turned to on their new electric blanket. But just as the couple had turned off the light, a loud sonic warning rang out through the night. The security system and electronic guard activated motion detectors outside in the yard. Papa looked out the window and what should appear? A stealth hover sleigh with eight robotic reindeer. Papa looked at the driver and knew with a peek that it was none other than old Santa Geek. Like a fast data transfer, the robots they came, and he used voice control to activate them by name. On Hacker, on Blogger, on Twitter, he roared, and up to the rooftop the hover sleigh soared, and then down the chimney he came with a bound, and he stood in the living room looking around. He was dressed in a raggedy DEFCON t-shirt with old Cheeto stains and sweat stains and some dirt. And his glasses had tape to hold them on straight, and each of his socks was missing its mate. <laughs> and he had a round face and broad belly, I fear, too many late nights eating pizza and beer. And he spoke not a word, but pulled out his geek phone, downloaded an app, customized a ringtone. Then he filled all the stockings with e-cards and toys and playstations and notebooks, flat screens and Game Boys. He raised a finger and picking his nose, he <laughs> checked his email and up the chimney he rose. Then he sprang to his sleigh with his digital drives, activated the robots and started to rise. But he paused just a moment with a tear in his eye and took just a moment to understand why Christmas just isn't like what it once was before. All the elves have been outsourced to Bangalore, and all of the wish lists are now digitized. You get just what you want, and there is no surprise, and naughty and nice is a concept outdated, while old-fashioned values remain underrated. But time marches on, and, through, and though these times seem strange, Digital or analog, some things never change. And I heard him explain as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all from Technology Bites. <laughs> I think it's, it's, I saw one problem. Uh-oh. Game Boys don't exist anymore. Yeah. Change iPod to iPhone, and that's, I would still say Game Boy, because now it's retro, now it's cool. People want Yeah, but Game they Boys. stopped making them, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I still have one lying around somewhere. But yeah, iPod still for two, but, but, 2009. But, but, wow, we're going to yeah, pick awesome. this apart. It's horribly accurate yeah. in every other way. <laughs> yes, horrible. <laughs> digital drives are solid state drives, but that's still, still digital drives works. Yeah. And now you've got Alexa, Exo, Echo, Siri, and Google that you could... Yes. For reindeer names, but yeah, everything's still perfect. I think the Cheeto dust is still original Cheeto dust. From <laughs> the first reading that hasn't changed. No, that has not. Changed. That's not going to change. All right. So here on Technology Bites, as we continue on, we invite your calls seven one three five two six five seven three eight. We appreciate the calls that we had. They have been good the last several weeks, a little sparse, but good calls, and we do appreciate them. If you want to talk technology with the host of Technology Bytes and our audience, 713-526-5738. But we'll go back to San Antonio. I'm sure we have another segment. I think it might be Bite of the Apple. 
It is by the end. Now, every time I reboot my Mac, I hear that. La, 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 la. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Got a few things on. Uh, um, and none of them are particularly Christmassy related or iPhone rumors. So so you have that to either look forward to or not. Uh, now, this one's interesting. The, uh, um, you know, I hadn't really thought of the thought about it, but there's those new LG 5K displays, you know, since Apple is no longer in the monitor business that this is what they're putting out. Uh, and there was some confusion as to whether the LG Ultrafine 5K display works with older Macs, but a new support document published today answers that question and makes it clear exactly which Macs can be used with the display and at what resolution. Uh, at the full 5120 by 2880 resolution, the LG 5K display can only be used with Apple's latest 2016 MacBooks, which have Thunderbolt 3 support. That's the 15-inch MacBook Pro, the 13-inch MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, and the 13-inch MacBook Pro with no Touch Bar. Uh, if you use an Apple Thunderbolt 3 to Thunderbolt 2 adapter and a Thunderbolt cable, the LG 5K display can be used at 4K resolution with older iMacs, MacBook Pros, Mac Pros, MacBook Airs, and Mac Mini models. Uh, essentially from about, it looks like, the oldest one is you can uh, a Mac Pro from late 2013, um, and on is the is kind of the oldest. The rest of them are are 2014s and 2015s, and and you can uh, um, a Mac Mini from late 2014. So uh, um, it uh, it's limited, but there are there are more than just you know the latest. If you're wanting that, because obviously one thing is you're kind of future proof. If you buy it, then you can uh, you know when when you upgrade your machine later, you can figure that you're going to get to make full use of the of the monitor if you're in the market. Uh, let's see the uh, temporary price cut on uh, um, on USB C accessories. Um, you might remember that it was sort of an olive branch when uh, when uh, people were annoyed about all the old stuff that wouldn't work with their brand new laptops. Uh, um, so Apple discounted most of the USB-C cables, dongles, and accessories. Um, as of December 20th, Apple has officially extended these discounts on USB-C accessories, including the monitors, because um, that that was uh, um, they reduced those as well. Um, they've they've extended that to the end of March 2017. So uh, the those price cuts are basically that it's the same ones from from before. But it, it was uh, like the USB C to USB adapter goes from nineteen dollars to nine dollars. Uh, what's another good one? Uh, the SanDisk Extreme Pro SD card reader goes from forty nine dollars to twenty nine dollars. And uh, all other third-party USB-C cables and peripherals are discounted by about 25%. Um, the only excluded products are Apple's USB-C power adapters and the USB-C charge cables um, sold for use with those power adapters. So, you know, so if you if you hadn't, you know, if you have gotten one of the new, uh, or if you get one for Christmas, at least you can know that you can get your accessories. You've got a couple. You've got a few months to get your accessories at a discount before the prices go back up. Uh, and then the the last couple are are related. Um, two stories that kind of work with each other. Um, but uh, uh, 
there there's uh well, I guess they they're about the same internal memo, but they kind of talk about them differently. Uh apparently there's been some internal turmoil at uh um at Apple, uh, there's a, there was a long report from Bloomberg that indicated the Mac is, quote, getting far less attention than once it did inside the company, unquote. There are some rational explanations for it. Um, you know, obviously, Intel releases chips less frequently in that. Uh, but uh, one of the big things they said is that um, some of the organizational changes at Apple have negatively impacted the Mac, you know, the desktop stuff, and delayed some products past their original shipping dates. Uh, they said meetings between Mac engineers and Johnny Ives design team, once a weekly occurrence, have re- reportedly become less frequent, frequent since I've delegated some of his day-to-day tasks to other people last year. Uh, when developing new designs, the modern-day Apple is also apparently more willing to develop and test multiple ideas at the same time, which divides the engineers' efforts and slows things down. Um, the 12 inch MacBook, for instance, was originally slated to ship in 2014 instead of 2015, but the team had to divide its efforts to develop both the current thin, light, and less ambitious, um, and slightly heavier version of the same, oh, to develop the current thin, light model, and also a less ambitious and slightly heavier version of the same concept. A uh, problem with the redesigned batteries for the new MacBook Pros meant they needed to be replaced, and engineering attention was diverted from other Macs to fix that issue. Uh, the problem with the redesigned batteries could account for the mediocre battery life some users are reporting in the new models. Uh, the original batteries would have been molded to fill every nook and cranny in the MacBook Pro's chassis, like the 12-inch MacBook, potentially increasing overall battery capacity. Uh, finally, the report says there's no dedicated team working on macOS, just one big team that develops both macOS and iOS, the software that ships on the more profitable devices usually gets the most of the attention, uh, which could explain why the iPad only seems to get specific consideration in fits and starts. Uh, you know, it got major features like split view in iOS 9 last year, but few exclusive improvements in iOS 10. Um, all these problems have allegedly led to the departure of Mac engineers to other teams within Apple and in other companies. And so uh, um, the, the, other side of, of this uh, different approach to talking about the same leaked documents um, in an internal post leaked to an employee message board, Apple CEO, Tim cook assured employees that the company is still committed to the Mac and that quote, great desktop tops unquote are coming. Um, Apple's desktop computers haven't seen an upgrade in at least 433 days. So clearly something has to be coming at some point uh, within the message Cook offered the following reassurance, quote, if there's any doubt about that with our teams, let me be very clear. We have great desktops in our roadmap. Nobody should worry about that, unquote. Uh, he also stated that the desktop is very strategic to Apple and that the current iMac is the best desktop Apple's ever made, and its 5K display is the best desktop display in the world. Uh, he also argued you can, quote, you can rarely see precisely where you want to go from the beginning, Unquote, and that pulling strings to see what's coming next is one of Apple's strengths. Noting that the creation of Apple Watch led to the creation of Research Kit, which led to the creation of Care Kit. Cook concludes the post by saying the company doesn't do things for a return on investment, it explores new things because it's exciting and might lead. Uh, in spite of this, desktop maps haven't been upgraded in over a year. The IMAX last update was 433 days ago. 
The Mac Mini's last update was 795 days ago, and the Mac Pro was updated 1,097 days ago. And that's all the Apple news. Yeah, those Mac rumors. That's too long. Yeah, those Mac rumor dates are just really, really ugly. Pretty much everything's in the red, and you can kind of see, you know, if you look because they've got the historical releases and how many days pass between the releases when everything just kind of they said, ah, Jobs is gone. We're not going to push product out anymore. It feels like. I, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting that like some of the Mac Minis and the old MacBook Pros are are selling for higher prices now used. I was looking. So, Pete, what do you think as far as like laptops go? Do you think like a PowerBook Duo 280C would still be a good deal, or <laughs> <laughs> if you could get the original dock, is that's the one that had that dock like a, a VCR that you put the computer in it and it sort of pulled it inside to be a desktop? It's got the floppy then. micro dock. Yeah, there's actually some stuff on eBay for pretty good prices. I, I went into the Mac store and saw the for the first time in person the bars. What are they? Yeah, the, are they called? The, the... I don't know how I feel about it still. I they I don't think they look good on the silver Macs. I think it looks good on the space colored the darker Macs. But I just don't know. It's too much color. Yeah. Like outside of the screen, you know. What I like about the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air is that it's all this kind of universal silver and black or, you know, and that color across the top of the keyboard just throws me. I thought the color was kind of washed out. It wasn't as vibrant. As I wanted it to be, it looked like I was looking at it under like a layer of. I haven't seen it in person, but the only two things I've seen on that thing are emojis and uh, lemmings. They're most they're, so maybe the pictures I've seen online. Said that's what set my expectations, but that was going to be a lot brighter. And maybe the one I was had my hands on, it was dimmed. But it, I also didn't like the UI. Like you could touch certain things and like be able to turn the screen brightness up and down. But the UI, like when you hit the button, for instance, like pretend you pick a pick a spot on your keyboard, go to like you know, hit the button that brings up the volume thing, the volume slider then appears somewhere way off to where your hand wasn't. So you've got to move your hand around it. It's not even like that's super intuitive. Like they've worked that part of it out yet. I don't know. I, I think it'll be there. I think it'll get there. I just I'm not sure if I like it right now. But my opinion is not everyone's opinion. There are some people that really like them. The really the question is how quickly can it be broken? For you. Uh, does anyone have Linux on it yet? <laughs> yeah, I, I could. Uh, that's two computers I could break with one drop, really, because it's it's literally my, it's running. My you know, iOS is if, on one. If, if he had that with the bar, then what would happen is he would break the main screen and have to like try to use the use the bar screen as a poor substitute. They should load Calcon there or something. All, fixed. all right. Well, you know, we do have a call in the queue, so. Uh... We're going to take that call, bring Groovehouse back to the forefront here and feature him prominently on the Technology Bytes program. Hmm. Hi, Groovehouse. Hi, Jay. <laughs> hmm. Who do we have up on the phone lines? Up on the phone lines, it's uh, good old St. Nick. No, it's um, it's John. <laughs> John, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. Hello. I have a question. Uh, how do you re- uh, register? What is the best way to register a domain name? There are different ways. Everyone might have their own opinion. I personally personally like a company called Gandhi. It's G-A-N-D-I dot net. They are a French company, and what they do is their prices are really good, and they do it the legality in such a way that instead of like a network solutions buying the domain name, they technically own the domain name and then lease it to you. The legality of it is that you're much more in control and much more in ownership of that domain. 
but there you can still go to GoDaddy. You can still go to a lot of other there, places. Yeah, there are any yeah. number of registrars that you can use to, to determine if a, a domain name is available and then register it. So oh. it, you could do that through a number of different companies. One of the more popular ones is GoDaddy. But I, I like Barrett. I use Gandhi at, 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 because they have some great add-ons. Their 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 cost for registering a domain is good. I think they actually offer pr- free private registrations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I use I use Gandhi also. Plus, you get like they'll give you like a free SSL cert when you get a domain, which is nice. The you know you can point the DNS somewhere else. They they give you I think five free. I mean most most places do. Most, right, but domain registration do. is half the battle, right? So once you do, once you register your domain. It doesn't do anything until you have a website to point it at or DNS to, to, you know, they'll serve up the DNS, but you have to point it somewhere. Are you getting a website or do you want email or what's the domain? Uh, what's the domain Okay, I, I was thinking of getting a website, but I would like to own it completely. Well, you would, you know, I don't know what Barrett mentioned, uh, the leasing of the... Yeah, it's just that's more of a legality thing. It's kind of weird because you technically... Even from Gandhi, you don't own own that domain name. You just you kind of own the the right to use that with and, and as long as you with, continue yeah. to maintain the the registration fee. Because once you register a domain, you register it for a certain amount of time, and if you allow that to lapse, then it falls back to the to ICANN. I lost my early domains from the like late eighties, early nineties, and I wish I had those back. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm camping the guys. I'm eventually gonna get them back. But yeah, yeah. it's but it's it, you, know, you own it for as long as you pay. For, I mean, technically, you own it for as long as you pay for it. But then you have to have a website to point it at. So there's the one-stop shop kind of place is GoDaddy because they'll they'll give you the the tools to build the website or host the website however you want to do it and then point your domain at it and then even set up things like email and stuff for it. For but, so, uh, but even on GoDaddy, or GoDaddy, you don't own that uh, site. You I don't mean. technically own your domain ever. Because well, you can't buy it for a lifetime. Yeah, think of it kind of like you're you're getting your name in the yellow pages, or doing you're, you're getting an ad in the yellow pages, or in the white book. You don't really own the yellow pages. You don't really own the phone line that comes into your house. That small bell. But what you're doing is you know, you're getting that marriage out there and publicized. But, but the thing is, some companies, um, the way they word the legal agreement that you sign with them, is actually that they own the domain. And at any point in time, if they want to, for any reason, they can take that domain back and do whatever they want to with it. And the way Gandhi wrote their legal agreement, it's 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 more geared towards you, where it's like, you know, yeah, technically, I can or whoever owns that top level domain, they can come and tell us to take it away from you, but but you rented it from us, and we're not going to take it away from you unless we're told by whoever owns the the top level domain. To take it away from you, we're we don't we don't own it. When you, when you've gotten it from us, like you are in charge of it. It does, and that yeah. doesn't happen unless you're found to be in violation of someone's trademark. So, for example, if you successfully managed to register Coca-Cola.com, and the Coca-Cola Corporation came along and said, you know, eminent domain, that's our trademark, then the the domain registrar would be obligated once it was proved legally that they own that trademark, to take the domain from you and sell it to them or give it to them. Which is a far cry from what, not that this would happen with GoDaddy, but if, if you're in a position where you're, quote-unquote, leasing the domain name from a company who registered it, they could, you know, if you went out there and said, I hate GoDaddy, don't use GoDaddy, GoDaddy, blah, 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 or you said something that was maybe politically incorrect, they could 
redirect your domain. They've got full rights to just pull your access to that domain. What? It doesn't happen. I mean, no, it, 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 this happen. is all legalese, and if you go through and read uh, the, the licensing agreements or the, the EULAs or whatever they say about domains, this is all the legalese. But the reality is, is if you go to a registrar, whether it's GoDaddy or GoDaddy, <laughs> GoDaddy or, or Gandhi, uh, if you go to one of the main registrars and you register the domain, uh, NetSol Network Solutions is another one. They're the original one, and I don't know if their pricing has come down. They used to be really expensive. No, but really, what you're really looking hasn't. for is you're, no. you're looking for a good registrar that has good pricing. Some like GoDaddy, I think, is probably mid-range in terms of price. They're all around like no, we're not supposed to talk of really big prices, but you know, somewhere between right in between ten and twenty bucks for but like GoDaddy Net, and GoDaddy. But not NetSol. Yeah, there's some not NetSol. That's close to probably two or three times that and then for about a third of that or two-thirds of that you can do like name cheap but that's literally you really need to know what you're doing because it's like jay said it's not holding your hand it's not getting you into a website it's bare bones domain name registration but it's an annual subscription so you have all the companies offer like you know if you want to register your domain for a year it costs a certain amount if you go ahead and pony up for three to five years you get a discount for that and if you register for longer than that you get an even deeper discount but you're obligated to maintain that registration on the domain which costs a fee every year do you have a do, what email address do you use what who's your main email provider right now uh right now uh it's um, I, I don't have a uh, a uh, email. I don't use email right okay. now, but I have an idea for a uh, domain name, and I wanted to register. It. Well, 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 one, one thing one thing you could do. I mean, if you have a good idea for a domain name and you're worried about someone else coming along and getting it, you can register it anywhere. Just register mm -hmm. it to have it registered, so you secure it. You can also register through Google. And then use Google Apps, and then you can have email and, and all that stuff through Google. I was going to say, if you already have a Gmail address, Google Domains is kind of fairly new to this whole business, and it, they look really easy, too. They do a little bit of hand-holding to get you through the process. But they're new. I have not used them. But, you know, if, if you already had, for instance, you registered, you've got a Gmail address, you're kind of familiar with the Google layout, that might be an easy stepping stone to a full web, you know, full website. Okay, well, uh, that's first step uh, I'm going to take is just get the uh, name registered, and then I'll try to figure out what to do after that. There I'll you call go. you back later. All there right. I appreciate it. Thank sure you thing. very much. Good luck. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, God, I have flashbacks to the early days of the Internet. When it I, used to I, be tough to register a domain. Well, it, it was... It, it could be tough, and it was tough to transfer where you're, mm -hmm. like, having to supply documentation. Well, that's because Network Solutions didn't want everyone to do a huge mass exodus. I think I feel that like they were the ones that made it so difficult to transfer. Back but I, I think also domain. you need to keep in mind that domain registration is half the battle. I mean, having the domain is great. You know, once you determine that what your domain is and you register it and you have it, but then there's this big ball of confusion about what do I do with the domain? How does that domain end up pointing someone to a website? What is DNS? What is MX, what are MX records? So I can get email and stuff. So there are companies that make it a lot easier, but they're not necessarily cheap. Like GoDaddy, like I said, they're probably mid-range in cost, but they're a one-stop shop. If you go to GoDaddy, you register your domain, you can host your website with them. You can have the whole shoot match there and, and, Pew pew, and <laughs> be done with it. Uh, but if you want, if you know the ins and outs, and you know the the, the
the different layers, you can register your domain one place. You can host your website, either self-host like we do, or host it through another hosting provider, uh, depending on what kind of site you're wanting to use. And uh, so there are, there are a number of steps you have to take, but I think owning the domain is, the, is obviously the first and most important step so that you have that domain and you've secured it. Um, some people come up with domain names that, you know, nobody else in the world's going to want it because you have your a very unique name in there. Uh, so it's not a big sweat, so you don't have to rush. But sometimes some, you might think of one or you might come up with a domain that has just recently come back to being available and you want to grab it real quick. So register it through anybody just so you have it. I remember when Cthulhu.com came available, I just went and registered it with whoever. So I it was ended up being Network Solutions because I knew how they worked and I just registered it and had it. Um, and like Barrett, I've, I've lost some domains that I, I wish it's that tough. I, I used to not care as much, but it seems like most of the words, most of the stuff, the stuff, you know, most of the short stuff is now gone. So if you're a person that really likes apples, you're probably not going to get the domain name you like, you know, as far as <laughs> fruit, if even like apple fruit or apple apple might be out there. That's the one cool thing. There are a lot of like, when we say TLD, like the top level domains, which is that last little part after the dot. There are a lot of unique things coming up like that. You know, you can get dot almost whatever you can think of. Um, and does GoDaddy sell those too? They should be, be, be more expensive. They can't. It depends on what they are because some of them are so specialized. Some of these like very specialized top level domains, they can go for like a thousand, not a thousand. Yeah, some of them can four or five hundred dollars a year. I mean, that's usually what's called like the green rush or, you know, getting those names before anyone else can get in there. A lot of it's going to go away, but I, I foresee a time maybe eventually there might be almost like anything dot anything where we've got, you know, not a finite number of TLDs, but oh, they've know. added a ton of TLDs. The, one interesting thing, which is, I guess, maybe a little esoteric, but um, the original TLDs like .com, .net, .org. Those, .gov, yeah. Um, .gov and yeah. .mil are a little bit different, but... Um, oh. But like and .edu is different, but but all the original like .net, .com, .org, you know they're all they're all uh, controlled by an American-based company, and so legally the American government, i.e. you know the FBI or the CIA or whatever, can tell those companies to take away your domain and and give it to the government. Um, some what? of the some of the other top-level country domains, you know, if you're in like a, a Sweden, you know, or dot, dot, uh, .se or um, .fr, French, or whatever. The American government can't say, take that domain away from them because they're doing something illegal. you know. But the French government could, or the Swedish government could. So um, a lot of these TLDs, you know, depending on what you're doing, you also have to be careful that, you know, if you step on certain legal toes, if it's, if it's, if the TLD is owned by a certain country, then that country can tell the registrar to take the domain away from you. That's only if you're like, trying to do stuff through other country top level domains, though, right? No, I mean if you're if you're running an illegal gambling site and it's a .org, then the U.S. government can come in and the Department of Homeland, Homeland Security uh, can tell the I forgot who it is that owns .org, ICANN or whoever uh, can tell them like take that domain away, give it to the U.S. government, and they will. And then Home, Department of Homeland Security will put up a splash page that says this site has been uh, taken over by the Department of Homeland Security because it was used for illegal gambling or whatever. Hmm. All right. 713-5265. Hmm. No, hmm. never mind. I just looked at the clock and Groove House just oh, wow. did a spaz on me. 
I didn't spaz. I just shook my head like violently. I was just shaking my head. SMH. That's what Groovehouse did. SMDH. SMH. All right. Well, you know, it's been a, do you want to do? Uh, well, what do we have time for? Do we have time for anything else? Got about six minutes left. Four minutes of outro. Have Flick to play some Christmas music. You could outro with some no, nice eight bit music. Yeah, the the last one I've got on this um, the CD I was going to play. It's, uh, it's perfect. It was it perfect. It was done on an Atari an Atari ST. All right. Well, let me just let's three, do this. Fifty seconds. So. Let's do this. Then I want to let you know that we really appreciate you tuning in for our pre Christmas Extrava Bonanza show. It's uh, cool, cool. always great to to do these. You know, kind of the last show of the year, second to last show of the year, really. But a uh, nice, nice holiday festive spirit and everybody participating. And we're going to go ahead and play some 8-bit Christmas music to get us out of here tonight. So we're going to let you know you're list- you've been listening to Technology Bites. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. And he's... Krampus. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a happy holiday.
Would you like to help evaluate programs, vet new ones, assist with making public service announcements, and provide volunteer support to the management of KPFT? We're taking applications for listener positions on the newly forming Program Council. That's a group of staff, listeners, and listener station board members who will be charged with working with, advising, and supporting the management of the station in putting on what goes out over the air. It's a two-year commitment, and any listener member is welcome to apply. Send your application with a short description of yourself, your particular interest in working with the Program Council, and any past experience you have had that seems relevant by email to the KPFT Listener Station Board. That's lsb at kpft.org. Put Program Council in the subject line. Applications are due by December 31st. Listener members will be selected from the pool of applicants by a joint decision of the General Manager and the Listener Station Board. You're listening to KPFT Houston, 90.1 FM, This season, we all think about giving back to others. This year, please don't forget about KPFT. Remember all that KPFT gives you. Whether you listen every day or you listen to us via podcast or streaming, we share what is great in Houston. Just visit kpft.org anytime before the end of the year to donate. Your gift at kpft.org will help share the programming you love to those who need it most. Please visit kpft.org right now to give your tax-deductible gift. Thanks. This is 90.1 KPFT Houston. 